Hey, everybody, I want to thank you so much. Thanksgiving time. Thank you to all who serve, who volunteer here to make things happen each week, whether it's creative arts or kids and student ministry, uh, whether it's uh, group leaders or administration, operations, uh, hospitality, just all kinds of things. Deacons, staff, elders, appreciate all that you guys do. Makes a big difference. Makes, makes a change in people's lives. So we've been talking about how better is possible. We're always pursuing what's better. We don't want to settle for good enough or it is what it is. And so we're out raking a couple of yards yesterday at one of, one of the GoServe teams. And I'm thinking about uh, better rakes. Like, put on the screen a picture. That's what I grew up with, that kind of a rake, right? Today we've got these nice big plastic rakes, but truly, I mean, they're not that much better. There's not been a whole lot of innovation in the rake market, right? Until they made leaf blowers. And so one of the guys is out there, you know, blowing all the leaves when that's better, right? And made me think about cutting lawns as well. I mean, what did people use to cut lawns with? Well, for thousands of years, they used this tool called a scythe or a sickle, and they would just go back and forth swinging it to cut down all the grass and weeds. And then about a couple hundred years ago, somebody came up with a better idea and they have a push lawnmower, right? And these things were around until what, the 60s? I mean, just not that long ago. Now, fortunately, I never had to use one of those as a kid because somebody came up with motorized lawnmowers, right? Way better. Very grateful for innovations. Thinking about toys, this Christmas is coming up. Kids are putting their wish lists together. I doubt if you uh, have these on your list. This is what kids used back in ancient Rome, Egypt, Greece, wooden balls and dolls and uh, animals that they would pull around with a string. Woo! I don't think that's on too many wish lists today. Would you agree? Toys have gotten way better. Video games in ancient times. This was my first console. <laughs> One side you had a shooting game, on another side you had a driving game, and the third side was, was tennis or pong. Things have gotten way better, wouldn't you agree? There are so many ways that life has gotten better, yet life isn't just about technological advancements. How about your personal life, your family life? How about your financial situation, your career, your kids, your marriage? Uh, are you pursuing Something better, or are you settling for good enough? It is what it is. And you find yourself stuck in the rut, frustrated with the same old, same old. Well, we've been reminded that every choice is a chance to write a better story, and that your choices can lead to something better. It's possible. How? Well, first, you develop the habit to pause. Every time you're faced with a choice, especially a consequential one, you don't react hastily, you pause, you take a moment and reflect on finding a better choice. You ask, what's the wise thing to do? And so you consult God, what are his ways, what's his will? You consult his word, you consult wise Christians for advice. And uh, if you missed any of those previous messages, you can watch them on our website. Uh, you can listen uh, to the podcast, go on YouTube, go on Facebook, you can see it in all kinds of platforms. But I'm thinking about this past week, people were getting all excited about this mega lottery Powerball, right? It was up to something like $2 billion, and someone somewhere in California won. 
Now, I don't know how much they really won after taxes, what that's really going to get whittled down to, but you know the odds of playing the lottery are astronomical. And we've been looking in the Proverbs about wisdom that God gave to Solomon, and Solomon says a lot about what you do with your money, good stewardship, not squandering it on foolish things. So I won't go into that too much, but I'm guessing, you know, he would have some things to say about playing the lottery in the book of Proverbs. But my point is, what do we really value? And Proverbs says to value God's wisdom, that it's more valuable than mining gold or digging for silver. It's valuable not just for this life, but for eternity. And instead, we settle for the cheap knockoff of the world's wisdom. We settle for the the cheap paste jewelry of secular so-called wisdom. So you know better is possible, but knowing it doesn't make it happen. You got to choose the better over good enough. The choice to actually do the better is just as important as pausing and searching for wisdom. I think during the pandemic, a lot of people had a chance to pause for a while, and a lot of people also used that time to purge, right? They started cleaning out their basements and their garages and their closets and their whole house, getting rid of stuff that they didn't need anymore because we tend to collect a lot of stuff, and we just let it sit around forever. But we also do it with experiences and opportunities. We find it hard to say no to anything. We say yes to everything, and our schedules Get all filled up with stuff that's really not that important. Maybe it's time to purge your schedules. I mean, do you really have to work all those overtime hours? Do you really need to sign up your kids for all those sports and activities? Do you really need to play video games all the time and go out with friends so much? Do we really need all those or or maybe we need to purge a few things? Do we really need to work all that overtime to pay all those bills off? Or, or could it be that, you know, we're, we got too many bills? Maybe that's the issue. Is it because your child really needs all those sports and activities and hobbies and clubs? Are they really not going to fit in, not be well adjusted if they don't do all those things? Really? All those recreational pursuits we spend so much time on. Is it really for healthy relaxation or is it more escapism because something is missing, something is broken inside? You have a choice. You pause before signing up for more. You search for what's the wise thing to do. Am I being honest, really? I mean, why is it so important for me to sign up for this, really? Uh, Is there a better use of my time? Why am I spending so much money on this stuff? I mean, other than inflation, obviously we're all spending more, but what if there were other options? Well, once you listen to another nugget of wisdom that comes from Solomon, he wrote in another book called Ecclesiastes. He says there in chapter 4, better is a handful of quietness than two hands full of toil and a striving after wind. Now, you need to know Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs at the height of his wisdom. But later in life is when he writes the book of Ecclesiastes, after he had tried and done everything under the sun, after he had pretty much gone off the rails, trying to experience everything there was to experience, to indulge himself in anything he could find. And he came up empty. It wasn't satisfying. So to paraphrase Ecclesiastes, it's really better to relax 
and be content than to get all worked up and work overtime and wear yourself out for things that really don't matter. It's, it's all so futile. And yet everything is geared to make us think that more and bigger is better. And it's not. Can we learn to be content with less? Can we be at peace with downsizing, with minimalizing instead of upgrading? I mean, considering the economic forecast we're hearing, we may be forced to do this whether we want to or not. Better to do it now because we want to instead of being forced to do it later. I'm talking about regardless of the economy, making better investments. I think there's something inherently uh, wrong with our whole value system. I mean, listen, there's nothing inherently valuable about being poor either, <laughs> living in poverty. That's not such a great thing. But really, I think there's a lot of wisdom in the saying, more money, more problems, right? More stuff, more maintenance, more stress, more insurance to keep from losing it all, uh, more, more upkeep. Right now, uh, the worry is that the younger generation is not going to have as much stuff, have as high a standard of living as their parents for the first time in American history. And it begins with the millennial generation that they're not going to have the same standards. They're, they're, they feel like they're not going to be able to move up, which is you know, ironic because younger generations have grown up in more prosperity and... Um, you know, expectations of, of, of to, to have, this is what I should have, this is what I'm entitled to, and yet they're, they're finding that more and better, by force they're finding that it's not necessarily better. More is not better. Bigger is not better. And so we began with this big idea. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does I mean, here we go. Finish this sentence. If one is good, then two is, right? If a house with one bedroom is good, two bedrooms is better. If one car is good, two cars are better. If one video gaming system is good, two are better, right? If watching one football game is good, watching two is better. If one pair of shoes is good, then two hundred is better. One credit card is good, two is better. That is just foundational to our economy and to our culture. Now, I'm not saying it's bad or wrong to want more than one of something. Lord knows I've got more than I need. But Solomon, who was the wisest man of all time, other than Jesus, started out wanting more wisdom. But what did he end up wanting? He wanted more wealth. He wanted more stuff. He wanted more women. Because if one wife is good, then a thousand is, is, is better. <laughs> How did that play out for Solomon, right? Later in life, in Ecclesiastes, he says, it's all vanity. It's all just chasing after the wind. All this striving and toil adds up to a big fat nothing. Foolishness. Instead, he says, focus on God. Do his will. Enjoy the simple pleasures of life. Value the spiritual. All else is vanity. 
I mean, we begin to think that we need more. Again, my kids aren't going to be happy and healthy and adjusted unless I give them more stuff, shower them with more things. My marriage isn't going to be as happy or last as long if we don't have more stuff and more vacations and more VIP experiences, more comforts. And again, all those things aren't bad or wrong, but in order to get them, other things will have to be sacrificed. Isn't that true? Uh, Choice has got to be made about what really matters, and every choice is a chance to write a better story. It's hard to choose less when uh, there's so much being offered to us. Even when it's the wise, better thing to do, we still end up not choosing less, which is why I think Jesus tells this story about a guy who's very successful. He has a great year as a farmer, tons of crops, I mean, you know, high-class problems. What am I going to do with all my stuff? I know I'm going to build bigger barns, and I'm going to store it there. And he says to himself in Luke chapter 12, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. Wasn't just his retirement strategy. This was about hoarding up more stuff, putting his trust in things to bring him happiness, to bring him security. But the cost was discontentment. It's fool's gold. It's the the cheap knockoff junk of this world because he wasn't investing in what mattered and what lasted. He traded in true riches for temporal riches. And so God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and isn't rich toward God. When we start to think that we need more, when we put our trust in in that more is what's gonna make us happy and lead to peace and contentment and security, then we're making unwise decision. We're confusing what matters with what doesn't really matter. Instead of being good stewards of all the stuff that God has entrusted us with, because it's his stuff, We invest more of ourselves and our lives, our time, our resources, our attention, our focus on stuff that doesn't matter. And all the stuff that we think we're in control of, all the stuff that we think we own, it ends up owning us and controlling us. We become slaves to all that stuff. Well, we justify it. We say that, well, it is what it is. That's just what people do. I mean, everybody owns one or two of these things how can I not but you can make different choices you can ignore the marketing you can go against the flow you can push back against the culture and say no no more that's enough because you know this world enough will never be enough so we're pausing we're, we're searching for wisdom and then we're asking what really matters And when you ask people what really matters most, what are they going to say? They'll say things like, well, my family, uh, being a good person, helping others, maybe God. But you know what doesn't show up? A new car, another vacation, um, my kid winning the trophy, a new kitchen, a new truck, scoring the corner office, making VP, That stuff doesn't really matter in the long run. Again, none of those things are bad or wrong. They can be good things, but do they really matter? 
I want you to imagine, I brought my bag of stuff here today, and uh, imagine this container is what you're going to invest your life in, all right? So you start filling your life with all these things that seem so important that um, you think, well, if I give the next 10 years of my life to these things, it's going to pay off big time. Um, it's going to set up my family for the future. If I just do more of this and, and buy more of these things, then we're going to be good, right? And it's so full. You realize the payoff isn't what you thought because you get maybe a few years down the road and your kid's 13 years old and you think, you know what, I, I didn't invest very well. Or your, your kid's 18 and starts to leave house and you think, I wish I had invested differently. Or 5, 10, 15 years into your marriage and you realize I didn't invest in what I should have invested in. It didn't turn out the way I thought. So what really matters, if I keep going the same way and I keep investing in the same things, then I'm probably going to get the same results over and over. But better is possible, which means we need to invest differently. I mean, maybe it's making a list. If you're married, both of you, make a list of what really matters and get together and share your lists. Say, like, like, if we only had one year left to live, what would we focus on? What do we really care about? Kids, make a list like this. Do this with your parents. Show them. It might, might blow their minds, right? But knowing is only half the battle because now that you're faced with the realization that, well, some of this stuff's got to go. I don't have room for all of this stuff. I've got to choose some better things. What am I going to do? Am I going to keep bringing out more containers, building bigger barns to hold more stuff? Or is there a better way? Am I going to invest in what matters most? How do I do this? Well, practically, let me give you six words from pretty well-known um, author and pastor in the country, Craig Rochelle. He, he says these six words are, you got to uh, cut back, throw out, turn off. Cut back. You start to cut back on your spending. So you, you begin to say, okay, I don't necessarily need all this stuff. Um, I need to uh, spend less on things that really aren't adding real value. Maybe cut back on some subscriptions, cut back on what I was going to spend on that new car or on that vacation or on those clothes. I'm not going to be very popular today. Cut back on Christmas. Do we really need all the stuff the world's trying to sell us? Cut back on, on uh, how much I'm spending on meals, eating out, all those things. And maybe if I cut back on my spending, I'm able to cut back on my work hours. And I don't have to spend so much time at the job. Maybe cut back on your TV time. Cut back on scrolling through social media. Cut back on your video gaming. I mean, those things are distracting you from more important things. It's a choice that you make. And all those choices, even the small ones over time, begin to make a big difference. Cut back. And then the second thing is to throw out. Throw out anything that becomes clutter. And I talked about during the purge, people are starting to throw out more and more stuff. Maybe that's something we need to focus on. That pair of pants you haven't worn in a year. 
throw them out. I was just talking before the service with someone. I was looking at myself in some photos up here on the stage from like 12, 15 years ago. And I, I'm, I still had the same shirts. So I'm like, all right, well, that's good stewardship, right? To wear the same shirts for 12 years. But then again, probably time to throw those out, okay? Pass them along. Not that anybody would want them, but pass them along. Get, why do I still have that? And then there's other things in my closet I never wear at all. Get rid of it. What about that toy, that hobby, that gadget that you haven't picked up for months and months and months? What are you hanging on to it for? Get rid of it. Clutter, not only in your basement and your closet, but clutter in your schedule and your calendar. All these destructions, all the, uh, these distractions are taken away. So free up more time, free up more focus, free up more of your attention for what matters most. Throw it out. And then finally, turn it off. You know, sometimes you just got to turn off the screens. You got to turn off some of the, the uh, invitations of friends saying, let's go out. Let's uh, go hang out at the bar or the club. Let's go uh, do some things that are probably not going to be good for you, right? Going to entice you into some bad behaviors. All that time on social media probably isn't the most healthy thing for you either. Turn it off. What about all the things that I'm letting my eyes soak in that aren't good for me, that are destructive? All the things that I'm poisoning my mind with that are causing maybe emotional attachments to people other than my spouse. I'm trying to attract their attention. Or the music and the movies that I'm filling my mind with that are corrupting me, corrupting the way I think, corrupting the way I look at people, corrupting the way I talk. Turn it off. What do I need to turn off? So choosing better will often mean that you need to stop something, but it also means you need to go after something better. Don't just have a bunch of empty containers sitting around because that void's going to get filled up with something. So now you've got to intentionally choose, what am I going to fill that up with? What's my life going to be about? Is it going to be about something better? It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. So once you've made those cuts, once you've purged out all the clutter, once you've turned off all the distractions, now you choose to fill your basket with better instead of worthless things. And the thing is, you're going to have more money in your bank account, more time to spend on, on things that, that matter more like your family. Um, more attention, more focus on what's valuable. Remember when we were going through John's gospel and Jesus made this statement in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Doesn't that sound good? Full life. And again, we're not talking about the cheap knockoff prosperity of the world stuff. We're talking about a real full life of being rich toward God. That's what he wants to offer you. But there's a thief who wants to rob you of it. And we know who the real thief is, right? The enemy. But you know, the enemy is behind a lot of other people that we allow to rob us. In fact, we even allow ourselves to be his surrogate and rob ourselves of that full life because we're filling our lives with so much worthless junk my calendar is so full. My budget it has nothing left. I'm robbed of what matters. Jesus says, though, there's hope because listen to what he wants for your soul. In Matthew 11, 
Come to me. In fact, everybody say this out loud together with me. This is so good. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. More is better does not lead to peace and contentment. Jesus offers rest, peace, contentment. That's what's better. And it's not just for this lifetime. This is for eternity. So what really matters most to you? Every one of us longs for something better in this life. We're all on a search, a quest for contentment, for meaning, for fulfillment, for redemption. And where else are we going to find that other than God? That's the only place. Many centuries ago, St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. You're never going to find what you need in this world. It's found only in the Lord himself. Or as Oxford professor C.S. Lewis, who was previously an agnostic, said, if within my heart I find a desire for something that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Your search ends with Jesus. He is the answer. Nothing else will satisfy. This is what matters most. Are you ready to give your life away to something that matters? Lewis also said, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. But if true, is of infinite importance. Infinite importance. Are you ready to give your life to something infinitely important? You say, but what I'm giving my life to, it's not, it's not bad. It's not like it's sinful stuff. Okay, maybe not. But it could be foolish. I mean, it's not, it's not sinful to swim in the sewer, but it's foolish. It's not sinful to pour a jug of milk down the drain, but it's foolish. What kind of foolish things are we giving our lives to? Enough with the foolishness. It's time for more fruitfulness and faithfulness and investing in what matters and what's going to last. There's a great old hymn. Rise up, O men of God. Have done with lesser things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of Kings. That's it. That's what we ought to be giving ourselves to. To building a godly family. To ministry in the cause of Christ to meeting needs and making a difference and impacting this world and pushing back the gates of hell and taking as many people with us to heaven as we can. That's all that ultimately matters. Souls, lives, give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. If you haven't done that, if you're not doing that, say yes to Jesus today. Turn from your sins, from your past. New direction, repentance means you're going forward now with Jesus from now on. You're baptized into him. You're lowered in that water. You rise up with a new life, a new power, a new direction. You can make that decision today. It's a small decision, but it's an infinite decision. It's infinitely important. Maybe you need to become a member of this church. You haven't done that yet. You've been coming for a long time. So I thought I was a member. Have you intentionally let us know you want to be a member here? Come alongside. Help us. Do this.
Maybe your next step is just to come back next week and to bring somebody with you. We're going to respond to what we've heard this morning by sharing in communion. And this week, for many of you, you might be gathered around a Thanksgiving table with family, sharing a, a, a nice meal. But really, that's what we do here every week. We gather with our family, spiritually, our brothers and sisters. The Lord's table is spread for us with communion, with the bread that represents his body given for us on the cross, the cup representing his blood, sacrificed for us at Calvary. Not a big elaborate meal, a little bitty bit of food and drink. But you know, back in the early church, it seems like, at least for a while, they, they would incorporate communion into an actual meal. They'd get together and they'd eat a big meal and then they'd share communion together. And that's what is the background of 1 Corinthians 10, 16. When Paul says, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Why does he call it the cup of thanksgiving? And it's a cup that represents blood. How can you be thankful for that? Well, because that blood purchased our salvation. It changed everything. It's what gives us the hope of heaven. So yes, we are thankful for this right now. And we're uniting around the Lord's table to share in it. And this is not just another token ritual to get out of the way. It's important that we examine ourselves that we repent of anything that we're holding on to, that we recognize and meditate on the meaning of what this is all about. Again, this is for followers of Christ to do. If you're not yet a follower of Christ, this is just a good, quiet time to think and reflect and pray. Consider where you stand with the Lord today. So you take some time to give thanks. And then I'll close with prayer. especially for your grace that saves us. And Lord, we're seeking wisdom because it's just not very plentiful around us in this world. We need it from you. So make us discerning so we can recognize what matters most. That Lord, it really, you know, we sang that song, more of you, less of me. I'm not sure how much um, we all mean that or how much I even mean it, but that's my desire. I really do want more of you and less of me and what doesn't matter and all the stuff we fill our lives with, God, that we would cut it, cut back and throw it out and turn it off. And I'm praying that there would be some today, whether they're watching online, whether they're here, right here in this place, that they would make the best decision ever and they'd give their lives to Jesus because we pray in his name. Amen. So you can use this time for communion or you can text us or email us or come to the front to pray or to speak with somebody waiting for you.